a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, Red Bull Straight Rhythm Wrap-Up. Thank you for listening. appreciate it. Fly Racing, please check them out on the web. Go to your local dealer. Demand to see the latest and greatest from the folks at Fly Racing. Uh, Zach Osborne, Run and Fly. Blake Baggett, just some of the guys who rock and fly. FR5 boot is out now, mid, mid-level boot. So if, if you uh, can't afford the high, high-level boots, please check out the FR5 boot. they got dual hinges on them and something new from folks at Fly that they're really proud of, and uh, it works really well. They'll have some racers in there, in them uh, at some point. Also, thanks to Alpine Stars, Tech 7s, Tech 10s. The most advanced boot in motocross is the Tech 10, and uh, they got a new one out for those. And uh, we appreciate the folks from Alpine Stars. Alpine Stars protects, we know their name over the years, and you know the quality of product that they make. Also, too, thanks to Maxxis Tires. Uh, Maxxis Tires, Ryan Sipes ran the MXST this weekend at Straight Rhythm. And uh, you can please check them out at your local dealer, Maxxis.com, for more information. And besides these tires, which are, are privateer proven and uh, Sipes proven as well, you can get mountain bike tires. Light truck tra- trailer tires, that kind of stuff from Maxis. They've been around a long time, and they've got a uh, fantastic uh, bunch of guys there at Maxis. So, all right, let's get into the uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm with uh, Jason Wygant, who uh, actually was there announcing, and I was there too for Team Pulp Mix. Shout out to number 44, Cameron McAdoo. All right, everybody, let's get to the review. Okay, and now, as promised, on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Alpine Stars and the folks at Maxis, to talk about Red Bull Straight Rhythm with me. And what a glorious time it was. The Jason Wagon. What's up, Weech? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I didn't. It was glorious. It was I good. didn't go back and watch it, and I plan to. But did you tell people, hey, man, you know, go go to pulpmx.com, read, read the site, listen to shows. Did, 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 this, did this work at all? Did, did I get some press out of this? Uh, no. No. We didn't, we didn't say. They now know there's a brand called Pulp MX. It's going to be up to them to figure out what the hell that is and why they should go there. I mean, I kind of feel like if the more we said, the probably less appealing it would be. Okay. So I'm just trying to help you out. Because I got a text from my yeah. brother saying, hey, man, yeah, like, you got to be stoked. Pulp MX was exposed to a worldwide audience. It was. I mean, you know, this is all kidding aside. I want to make fun of Pulp as much as possible here. And I did have to mention in a more um, civilized manner how the team – manager of this squad, mm-hmm. Pulp MX, Steve Mathis, says the goal is to ram it to the factory teams? Yes, yes. I did yes, say that? Yes. I can't say ram it up the ass. Right, right, that's fine, I get um, that, yep. Yeah, but all kidding aside, um, 
the goal everyone always says with everything we do in the sport is to expose it to new people. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of money spent on television in Supercross and Motocross, and you know they got the uh, the nations were on CBS Sports Network. They're trying. But I don't think any other event quite does it like this. Like, there are definitely these weirdos out there that just live their life watching Red Bull stuff. And this just ends up in their feed. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, um, I don't watch mountain bike racing, but that crazy-ass rampage thing they're going to have next week where they're jumping down the mountain, you surely seen that, right? Yeah, I did, yep. Right, I'll check that out. So, I don't know if it's going to result in selling dirt bikes, but it definitely does mm-hmm. get people that probably don't follow it closely, a few of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it. Uh, I agree. I agree. There are that. There yeah. are those people that just yeah love the Red Bull Channel, the app, you know, and everything yep. else. So, um, yep. bit of a bummer uh, deal for you. Um, Art Ekman and David Bailey were going to call the thing, the race with you, yep. and it was really hyped up, and everyone was really excited about it. Unfortunately, neither guy made it. Yeah, so Art had, uh, I think it was kidney stones or something like that. Nothing. There, I don't want to get too much into detail, but I just want people to know it's not like. Yeah. Super grave. Like, if this was two weeks later or two weeks earlier, he would have been fine. Um, just bad timing there. Uh, and then I guess when Art was out, Bailey uh, didn't want to do it. And, yeah, obviously that was a bummer because that would have been so cool. But what I didn't realize is, and we'll get into this here, the racing was way more intense and action-packed than previous years, don't you think? Yeah, it was. Uh, like, closer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm glad we had GL for that because GL – and just if you want to just listen back, you know, Steve watched some of the last couple runs when they were close. I mean, GL was losing his mind. He <laughs> was so stoked. He was so pumped. And then he's with McElrath and Dungey for the final. He's like, come on, man, give us three runs. Give us three. And then they got the three. They tied one to one. He was so stoked. And I'm like, I love Bailey. And I can say without hesitation that I think he's the best color analyst the sport has ever had. But I don't know if he's going to be able to just show up right. not having announced the race for all and match this insane level intensity that the well, event would have required. I was talking to someone, maybe Hammer at Red Bull, I'm not sure, but I, I made a comparison to Enduro Cross. And, and what I meant by that was Enduro Cross was all fun and games when it first started. Uh, Dowd came out, Rhino came out, um, Damon Huffman showed up, although he proved to be pretty good at it and it was all fun and games and everybody was uh enjoying it and then it started getting serious uh trials bikes and and different tires and 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 this and that and now and then it became this specialist thing that you've talked about before where you know if you don't practice this thing 24 7 and 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 all that you don't have a chance i felt like the same thing's going on with straight rhythm a little bit um you know guys are getting serious motors are being built to the max um, you know, yeah, a lot of things are happening, and, and I think the level of straight rhythm went up this year. Yeah, yes and no. I agree that, dude, we'll get into it. Those freaking KTMs that Morris and Dungey had, they were an advantage. There's no effing doubt. Those bikes were fast, and it helped. But I don't think the, the, what does kill a lot of these sports, and it did happen in Duracross. I mean, Colton Haker and Cody Webb are Great riders, obviously, but they're not household names like Rhino and John Dowd. Same thing happened in the arena cross. I mean, that's why everybody says, oh, the heyday was Debo and, and Budman, because they knew them from Supercross. But I don't think it's possible that a rider from another discipline is going to be able to come in here no, I mean, and become a straight rhythm specialist. No, I know and then that. the stars don't win. But I mean, the bikes are getting serious. The craft of, yes. of putting motorcycles together, the, the practicing before the event, things like that, you know, are getting more serious than they were. Yeah, it might, because I still feel like there was a ton of 
this guy only rode a little bit. They only have a few days. Like even RV, who could, he has the time now to, to devote a lot. He said he really only rode a YT250, I think, once for a schman schmurled schmotocross thing months ago. And I think this one, he said he only rode two or three times. Right. There was a lot of that going on. But, yeah, the potential is there for someone to lock wow. down like a two-month boot camp. Well, the, the, the KTMs were 300s, you know, and, and – um, Dude, they have to be. They were they so were. fast. They were 300s, and, and Malott was going to allow Bowers and his 500 to show up. And I, the whole time, mm-hmm. I'm screaming and yelling about displacement in a straight line and off a start. And yeah. I mean, I think they, they, they you know, there's one, there's 125s going up against 150s out there. Like, yep. there just needs yep. to be some of that control. But I, I don't, I know that takes all the idea out of the event. That that's not what people want to do. You know, the organizers. But I mean, come on, no. here, right? Like, we're, there's some big money at stake, and guys are racing and. We got displacements all over the map at this at this event, so I don't know. Just, I don't know what you do in the 125 class. I don't because yeah. KTM sells a 150. Yeah, companies build 150s, and I mean it's like if you're going to have a two-stroke race, and then you yeah. literally say, and by the way, some of the two-strokes that companies actually make aren't legal. That yeah. just seems yeah. stupid. I'm sorry. Actually, everybody listening is going to say they purposely did it because you know Red Bull and KTM are so tight. Oh yeah, here we go. Fixing <laughs> right, it, right? Fixing it for them. But yes, Dunge and Morris having 300s. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, that's what I mean. Come I'm on. just kind of like, and, and, and TLD guys did too. So um, yeah, I just, I just like, oh jeez, you know. But hey, yeah. yeah, I mean, people make them, you know. But that honestly, if if we're doing it next year for Pulp MX, I'm gonna have to get a big bore kit. For reals, I just you watch those things up the yeah. start and they just it's yarded everybody. I'm like, okay, well that's yeah, and you know, you know. that's not the goal here, right? No, the goal I know, is not to I know. Build. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The goal is to you yeah. know, but it's getting show serious. up what you got and have fun. It's getting serious now, you know. So yeah, uh, but uh, but regardless, and they don't make a 300 motocross bike, correct? They don't. No, no, no. Right, um, they make a 150 motocross bike. So to me, that's okay. But to say you got to take the enduro piston or whatever yeah. cylinder. Uh, and put it on a motocross bike. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, uh, getting back to what you were talking about, GL, the JGRV races oh. were insane. Just simply oh. insane. Guys, were they were going for it, and it was awesome. It was cool. You know what's really interesting is that it had this magic combination to me of, right, they were going for it as hard as they could. But at no point did it seem like anyone was really in danger. No. Either. No. No, I don't I agree. know how that magical combination works. Is it just because it's jumps and it's like, look, if you try to send it too hard, you're actually going to go slower and case something? Yeah. I it think like restricts you maybe? I felt like the track was easier this year because I thought they changed things for two strokes only. Um, I don't think it had as difficult of uh, or as big of jumps. Right. But <clears throat> some guys said that the transitions were actually shorter. It was more technical, right. less speed. Right. Um, so in yeah, some ways, that's harder. Maybe yeah. I, I'm with you though. Yeah, I never felt like anybody was getting 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 crazy or out of hand there. I never felt like it was ever gonna, yeah, get get scary. You know, uh, the whoops were big on Thursday. They yeah, cut, they cut them down a little bit. That was a good thing. 125s were having trouble getting through the whoops and then clearing the finish. They changed the finish yeah. as well a little bit. You know, so the, all yeah. all that was good changes to to to, mm-hmm. to make the show a little bit better. Uh, but it did. It did take some technicality out of the out of the event. Although we at Pulp MX were probably happy for that because JG was killing the whoops on Thursday, and and Cameron McAdoo was was not killing the whoops. So oh. uh, a good thing. <laughs> and on Friday, I think they split the practice. I they think that what they said was you can practice Thursday or Friday. Um, so JG wasn't there on Friday, but RV was, and he was killing the whoops on Friday too. Same thing. It was like three bike lengths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. Um. But no, it was it's a cool event, man. I, I mean. I don't think there's any plans to do more, but I've always said 
build this thing, you know, get a city street and, and have people out of the buildings on the side of the city street and do it that way. Um, I've always dreamt oh, of that. Yeah. I always thought that would be so awesome to do. The folks at Red Bull could pull that off uh, somehow. Yep. They, they have the means to do that. But it, it would be a really cool spectacle to have three of these right downtown in some cities. Man, would that be cool. Yeah, it would, because I really feel like now the electricity was there. The, the two-stroke thing, we saw it last year. We knew that that stole the show. I mean, no one even talks about freaking McElrath or Marv winning the two 450 classes. It no. was all about no. Thank Dog, Ronnie Mac, and these two-strokes. And they really nailed it. I mean, it shows that, you know, the guy that builds the track is Jason Baker. He builds tons of tracks for tons of guys. It's not like some Red Bull wacko comes in and is like, how do I build the dirt bike track? Right. You know, they said, like, hey, you're the guy that builds all the tracks. Build the track. So to, to make the finish a wall jump and whoops to the finish, like, that's someone that knows what he's doing. Like, you can't get a better show than basically uh, balls to the wall, yeah. drag race across whoops on that sweet-ass sounding two strokes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. oh, it was so good. So that, that electricity of the race of being close and then coming down to the whoops, oh, you put that in a city? Yep. Whew. Yeah. That's what I mean. It, yeah. it, it, it would be awesome. It, it would be mm-hmm. it'd be super cool to do. But, again, it's cost money and a lot of it at that. So um, I don't think Red Bull makes money on this event. I would assume it's a just, hey, we're cool. Let's do something cool like we always do. And, and you know, I would assume they lose money. It's a pretty good purse. I think it's 30 15, five for top three. Oh, okay, uh, and then yep. it, and then it goes down from there, you know. So right, and uh, there's two classes. Yeah, you know, two classes. Five guys got yep. something, right? Um, and and yeah. by the way, how cool was it that uh, Canzaro and uh, did the Stu homage, and Reslin did McGrath and Peak? Oh. I thought Reslin and Reslin and his look, and with Skip Norfolk actually wearing a oh. Camel Supercross hat, yeah. <laughs> they won. They win uh. hands down. That's it. They won. I know you would never think you would never think someone could make a Stu two fifty nine and be topped, but I agree. The Renzo right. one was better. It yep. looked more. It somehow looked even more like McGrath ninety one. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was awesome, and to have Skip there also as well. So yeah, um, yeah. You know, all of that. I had not put two and two together. I had I had not even even knowing Renzo was building this bike and having Skip. I'm like, oh duh, he rides for traders. Yeah, and Norfolk works for traders. This makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yep. I thought that all that was pretty cool. RV had a Bradshaw bike that looked really good. Answer made him some mm-hmm. retro gear. You know, um, I didn't yeah. know what was going on with the Troy Lee skeleton gear, but okay, sure. Yeah, I guess. That's Troy style. Yeah. My yeah, gosh, that was exactly weird. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so all of it was cool. Everybody kind of embraced it that way, you know, and, and did some cool stuff for it. Um, funny to see the people on social media saying, you know, that's what two strokes will do in the great racing. It's like if, <sighs> if there was two strokes racing Supercross and we had a four-stroke event, which we used to have, by the way, everyone would go like, yep. yeah, four strokes are so cool. Yep. Four let's have a race for them. Let's have yeah. a race for them. Yeah. It's so cool, you know. So, yeah. so just everybody chill down a little bit on that, in my opinion. Well, it's hard to say because I do feel the racing was closer and more competitive uh, than it was when they had four strokes. Now, I think there's a couple factors for that, and it's not just uh, the bikes. Maybe did help, but I think it being two stroke changed the field. Like, look. The reason it's been boring the last few years is because Marvin Muscan is the only of the elite, elite, elite guys that competed. Yeah. Like, you have any type of bike on any type of track, and you have Marv in it, but you don't have Tomac, Anderson, Roxon, those guys. I mean, last year the final was Hanny against Marvin. Hanny's a friggin' privateer, you know? Yeah. So I think you put the two-stroke thing, and it eliminates. You don't get any of the Marvin, Anderson, Tomac, yeah. Roxon dudes. Yeah. 
So now you, your top guy essentially is now McElrath. That's a much more level playing field. Like, there are probably 20 guys sitting there watching it being like, well, I, I think I can battle Shane. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Marv, no. So I think it was just a, a partially a buy. It leveled the field a bit. Right. But maybe the two strokes. I mean, I can't argue the racing was way, way, way closer. I, the bikes have to be at least some part of that blame pie. Oh, for sure. Oh, no, definitely. I definitely. Yeah. No, the, I've, yeah. I've long said it. Four strokes have definitely tamed down. I don't think outdoors, but they have, they have uh, turned Supercross entertainment value down since the day. And I don't want to be one of those old guys yelling at clouds uh, like Tim Ferry seems to be on Twitter these days. But oh, um, <laughs> he's complaining all the time. He complains about everything all the time on Twitter. Oh yeah, we got to go back and read his feed. He's like the oh, he's oh, like okay. old man Simpson yelling at clouds. Um, oh, but oh, but anyways, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but for sure, the four strokes have made it worse. They've made entertainment of racing worse, a hundred percent. They have. And look, I just always want to remind people to check themselves that the most dominant era of Supercross ever was Jeremy McGrath, and all of those wins were on two strokes. Yeah. Yep. So it, it there were a lot of races where Jay, Jeremy was gone in five yeah. laps. Oh, yeah. And there's no competition on two strokes. Yeah, for sure. So it doesn't um, it doesn't mean that if we had two-stroke racing in 2019 that every Supercross finish would look like JG and RV right. to the line. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of time on this podcast, so we're going to make it, we're gonna make yeah, it quick, we're everybody. Yep. Um, but uh, let me ask you this. So, obviously, uh, the Red Bull guys invite everybody to show up. Uh, but... We got RV there, who is a monster athlete, but he's retired. There are no rock star guys, and, and Jeremy Malott said that you know he heard there was a, a, a decree set out that no rock star guys can do the event. We don't see any current monster guys, but we but also Kawasaki doesn't build a bike, Honda doesn't build a bike, and so Roxon, the Red Bull guy, doesn't show up. Um, how much? How much is it of guys? There's no bikes to ride, and the, the OEMs don't want to support a race where they don't sell the bikes? And how much of it is we don't want to support a competing energy drink, in your mind, to get uh, more guys out there? The ener- it's 100% the energy drink thing because they didn't show up when it was 450s. Yeah. We didn't see – and, yes, they had Colton Haker, the rock star um, endurocross rider last year, and Sipes has some rock star backing. So I know you're going to call us on that. But that's – we heard that they were – Jeremy from Red Bull was there to be like, can you let these guys race? It's good for them. And they're like, Okay. But, yeah, Anderson, Zacco, those guys. Dino, last year, yeah. Yeah, um, look, they, uh, up until last year, you just needed a 450 to race. They didn't race then. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's got anything to do with it. Uh, really, the two strokes were uh, just a fortunate thing that Red Bull fell into yeah. over yep. this four-stroke thing isn't working because we can't get the top dudes to show up. Let's throw a Hail Mary, and it's freaking yep. locked out. Right. Well, I mean. Yeah, they're not coming. Okay. Then. They're not coming. Well, maybe, you know, maybe it's time Red Bull says we're not showing up the Monster Energy Cup. I don't know, you know, because they, they keep. They, yeah, it is strange how that one how that one works. Um, yeah, but, they don't have a problem drawing riders with that. Um, no, it's a, it's a lot of fun, and I think the fans who were there enjoyed it. Like we said last year, they headed to the exits after the Ronnie Mac Stank Dog battle, and yeah. uh, and I think they enjoyed it this year. Uh, Stank Dog, not the same guy, and Daniel Blair, his buddy, was in Paul Mech show last week. He called it. I don't really know if he knows what Stank's training program was but he said he won't do as well and stank oh. was a shadow of his former self and and ronnie mack uh, has got a foot injury and didn't even make the event he was there of course but but yeah so a couple of guys a couple of high profile guys you know that we we kind of looked at with a with a one eye raised didn't really have an effect this year 
Oh, that's interesting that you have that info from Daniel Blair because I was just thinking, as you said, it's getting more serious and dude, you're stepping up. And I'm like, oh, okay, they caught everybody off guard last year. Maybe RV wasn't really taking it seriously, wasn't prepared. Maybe his bike wasn't quite ready. And it's like, oh, I didn't know that that guy is a serious guy to contend with. Right. I'm going to not make the same mistake twice. But you're saying it's not just well, I, everyone I, yeah. stepped up. I, I don't know. Something some, was off. Somehow Daniel Blair knew that the stank was not mm. going to put on a, you know, a surprise. So. He had the stank of not doing so good on him? Yeah, he, yeah exactly. Yeah. The stank was lurking. Um, and then, But, yeah. hey, by the way, we were pitted a little ways down from, you know, the, the main guys because, you know, Pulp Mex always gets screwed like that. But um, oh, well, but Lucas Hoyle was down there with Ronnie, yeah. and he was signing a lot of autographs all day. And uh-huh. I have to say that I was making – I was running back and forth to check on McAdoo and my rod, you know, and, and the different things from – well, not running. Let's go just – brisk walking and okay but there were people it seemed like there were people around ronnie mack set up 24 7 and the races are going on and there was people who didn't even care there was music pumping ronnie was hanging out signing autographs and it was on and i, I felt that was you know like people were still really really excited to have them there. even at night yes even at night there's a big when the races were really going not qualifying no races were, were going on wow and i would walk up to wow. the van where we weren't that far away and i'm like wow check it out these people are, don't even care that the race is going on uh, all right, yeah, it's, I think everybody is waiting for the, uh, it's over for Ronnie Mack. I think everybody's waiting for that moment, but clearly yeah, still not there. No, still not there, I don't think. Not yet. Um, no. Good to no. see Dunge out. I talked to him after the race. Of course, he got second. Um, and uh, He was happy to see you, huh? He's happy to see you. He, he said, good to see you. Yeah, see? But he, but he didn't say, see you next week, buddy. Oh, okay. I mean, I feel like that was the pinnacle of our relationship. See next week, buddy. Right. So we found out Buddy was his thing for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, we did Sorry. kind of find that out, didn't we? We did. Sorry. Yes. We, we did sort of Sorry find about that. that out. Um, yes. yes. Anyways, listen. Uh, do, he was there. Uh, he got second. He had a good time. He also told me zero plans to do any more racing. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it was, I was it, surprised. Yeah. I, I, I heard that in your interview. I, I expected like zero zero. I mean, I, don't, I wasn't thinking Anaheim, but I was thinking yeah. something else here and there. I was surprised. I, I thought there was. Wasn't there talk of him riding outdoors? Like a, some sort of semi whispers about him doing outdoors in eighteen, the season that just passed. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 there, yeah. There was, yeah, yeah. But anyway, and I think that was literally just him having a tough time. From some of the people I talked to, just having a tough time adjusting and being bored. You yeah. know, six months right. after retiring, right. and it's January, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, I got five months to get ready." Right. Uh, I don't think he's going to get hit with that again. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, look. RV, we've said this a thousand times, is yeah. showing the way. Like, why can Dunge, Why would Dunge never race Paris? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. They'd, they'd like him, right? He's probably, I don't think he's ever done any of those, right? Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, well, dude, he could make, what, what do they pay him? hundred grand easy? easy uh, yeah, right? I yeah, I think he can get a hundred. Those, those right. numbers aren't yeah. thrown around anymore that much, but yeah, maybe for him. Um, Dunge, yeah, uh, I, that, that's why I don't understand. I don't, I don't expect Anaheim. I don't expect Hangtown. But look, RV's going to what New Zealand and Australia for a reason. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and it ain't just to like hang out. <laughs> no. He's the- no. So Dunge, he's RV is really marketing himself quite well right now. But Dunge's got some. Is, he could he could make it worth his while. This whole RV renaissance is just blowing oh, me away. It's just just blowing me away. I had no idea. Um, look, man. As much as. Uh, everyone shudders to to give agents credit, and I told uh, RV's agent that 
you'd be considered a lawyer. You're right in line with lawyers. Like people don't want to hear analysis from lawyers and agents. But I've got to give Lucas Myrtle here credit. Like last year, he was telling me all about how we're going to redo the game, we're going to change things. Where do you see him racing straight rhythm here is just a start, dude. It's not only a whole new RV, but it's a significantly different path than anyone has taken. Yeah. This yep. is a whole other level of retired. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You yep. know, it really is. He's the best retired rider ever, too. By the way. So. Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. Um, uh, McElrath has won this thing three times in a row, two, two 250 classes and now a two-stroke. So maybe Sugar Shane, shit on Shane, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, like, really good at this, right? Like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty good. Okay, now, look, I read – is it surprising that he won or not? Like, I – if I had to pick anyone on Friday night I said on the show we had, I'm like – there are two guys in the field that are actually full-time current factory riders, him and Jordan Smith. I actually thought that they should be the top two guys. If Shane gets beat by Dungey, isn't that terrible for Shane? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, you're like, they're full-time factory racers. I guess that, that is the... Yeah, in, I mean, I know Shane is, was not Dungey's level in Dungey's 2017 final yeah, season. Yeah, But right. if you're Shane and you want to battle for a 250 Superhouse title, you should be able to beat right. anyone that comes off the couch. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, and Jordan and Jordan looked good too. Yep, good job in the three. He did, but the, in the end, Jordan did get beat by them. It was yeah. very close. Yeah, good job, like, good job in the three hundreds, KTM. Good job in the three hundreds. Um, what do you think of my guy, McAdoo? Cameron McAdoo came out, lost his Geico ride. Um, Alex Ray got hurt, of course. Um, I asked Phil Nicoletti. You were you were on board with all those texts, Weege, on our group yep. text with Phil, yep. and yep. there was Phil was never going to do it, but he said, uh, "Call McAdoo." It was a good call by Phil. I was really impressed yeah. with McAdoo. I mean, you couldn't be much less prepared for this. No, no, no. And actually, I mean, everyone was talking about how unprepared they were, but there's no way anyone was less prepared. He'd never ridden a Yamaha. He'd never ridden a 252 stroke, and he'd last ridden a 125 a two stroke at Loretta's back in the day. 125. Yeah, and he told me that I think that the only reason he even considered it was because I guess this was his first week of Supercross. Yeah, yeah, he rode I think Supercross. He did ride Supercross on Monday. Yeah. So. Again, like hadn't even ridden Supercross since probably May or April because yep. he got hurt. Yep. So he really looked good. Like who did he get beat by Smith? Yeah, he, beat, he got beat by Smith on his 300. Yes, but he kept him honest. He did. Like yep. he didn't get worked. Yep. I was impressed. Yeah, no, it was good. Uh, how yeah. would how would he compare to uh, Ray? Uh, moving on. From I don't know. <laughs> That'd have been tough for A Ray so, to match that. So many people were like right in front of A Ray saying I upgraded. I felt bad for Alex for a while, oh. after a while. Oh, A Ray did show. Oh, he did show. He was hanging out. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh cool. And then he's all wearing right. he's wearing skate shoes. He's got a back injury. He's wearing skate shoes. He's walking around on concrete all day. At the end of the night, he's like, my back is hurting so bad. I'm like, yeah, you you got skate shoes on concrete with a broken back. Good job. <laughs> um, but uh, congratulations to Racer X. And Josh Grant for winning the media challenge. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, we both went out in the second round, but the rules were stated beforehand, which I did not know. The rules were stated that the in events of a tie, the highest qualifier will uh, get the uh, prize. And uh, Josh Grant beat us by uh, six-tenths in qualifying, McAdoo. So congratulations to you, assholes. Good job. You guys got the uh, media portion of the event. Look, you can bitch about the dumb qualifying tiebreaker rule, but just take that out. We, us, we beat Ryan Villapoto in one of the runs in the second round, which is more than you or any other media guys. Subaros got beat 2-0 by Dungey. McAdoo got beat 2-0 by Smith. Yeah. We, and I really think, honestly, I think JG actually beat Villapoto, but they just, they rigged it. 
They oh. wanted to see the Ryans against each other. Oh, here we go. They, we go. Uh, um. they, they knew that they would be accused of not favoring a monster rider, so they had to give Villapoto extra favor. Wow. JG got screwed. He probably would have won the whole event. No, really? Okay, all right. He all got right. screwed. Yeah. He won. Yeah. He won. <laughs> um, he won. Yeah, wow. JG, JG was really good. He was really good. But uh, I just want to say. Racer X does, bro. What's that? Yeah, nothing that's but the best. That's what Racer X does. That's it? Okay. Um, yep. That's what we do. Listen, it's. I have a lot of things to say about the media challenge that I will, uh, that I will talk about on Pulp Show. Um, yeah. I have a lot yeah. of thoughts on this, and uh, okay. we don't have enough time on this podcast, but it, it, <laughs> yeah. What happened was a complete travesty from how the event was supposed to be set up. That's, that's what i got to say. So, Ping built the bike or something like that. Oh, really? Oh, Ping built it? Now he's a mechanic? Well, this is a shame. Like two years ago, we went to Ping. We were like going through everybody's job description. And we're like, why do you guys do all these bike builds? And then Ping actually broke down that he actually does build a lot of those bikes. And we're like, wait, are you serious? <laughs> like you're actually tearing bikes down in your garage? Now, this one, yeah, I think uh, building it was dropping it off to Jamie Ellis at Twisted Development and then driving back two weeks later. Yeah, I pretty think. much. Pretty much. Exactly. Yeah, so. I think so. I have a lot. And as lot you know, it. there were some suspension issues. Yes, yes. yes. I'm glad you figured them out. Got, got it they were set. able to be worked out at a very, very high level. Right, right. Like, here's suspension that we were going to use for a TLD guy at Monster Cup in the amateur all-stars, so it's just sitting here waiting for you. <laughs> um, I that mean, way. that's not the – I guess Paul probably wasn't able to get that. <laughs> no. No. The whole thing was a sham, and I have a lot of words to say about it later tonight on the Pulp Show, everybody. Stay tuned. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Look, yeah, I'm sure I don't will. think that worked out. I don't think they consider that a success. I mean, Vital and Transworld didn't even compete. Um, yeah. And because no one even knew what they were going to – I mean, we were on the fence with the JG thing. It kept going back and forth. Will it happen? Will it not? We couldn't really – go all in on the two months of shit talk that they wanted. Well, I did. I went in on it. You did? No, you did. I, yeah, I followed, guy, the, I followed the email it. instructions. I, that's what I did. I, I followed the email instructions to a T, and in the end, I got screwed because of that. So Yeah. Did you ram it up any of the factory teams or no? <laughs> uh, is Austin Politelli a factory rider? No. Then, not, then we did not. Nope. We did not. We did All right, not. You rammed it up Austin Politelli. Yeah, exactly. That's that's pretty much it. Uh, well, that was uh, it was a good time at Red Bull Straight Rhythm for sure, and I'd like to see more of them. I, you know, I, 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 the two-stroke thing was a hit, and uh, yeah, it was fun, and I think they'll keep on going with that theme of, of two strokes. And yeah, it was cool. It was it was nice to see everybody kind of get behind it, and or a lot of people embrace it and, and have fun with it. And the, the racing was good. The JG RV runs were intense, and they were good. The Dunge and RV runs were good and intense. Yeah. You know, like there was. There was some real cool racing going on. So, yeah, it, uh, it was. I mean, we had I don't know probably six or eight of them that were less than a tenth, like down to the hundredths. Yeah, uh, I don't remember seeing that before. So, yeah. I think this was now officially the event fully realized. Again, great job by our buddy Jeremy Malott for dreaming it up, but it really took two strokes to make it as competitive and close mm-hmm. as they always wanted it to, and I still feel like that happened on accident. The two strokes were not the original plan. No. It just fell no, into place. No. I mean, they had to have freaking Stank Dog and Ronnie Max save it. There was no way that that was the way it was drawn up five so, years ago. So, yeah. yeah. No. The, the event was saved by Stank Dog and Ronnie Mac. That's, that's it what was. I, yeah. it, it was. It was. So, uh, so I, yeah, I guess that's the question now. Like, okay, I don't know if you're going to get straight rhythm specialists like you're saying, but is the day of a Ronnie Mac or Stank Dog being able to potentially win the event? I mean, they were in the finals last year. 
is that day, and I think Sipes was the fastest qualifier last year, is the day of those dudes yeah. having their no, moment over. No, I think so, and I think the bikes are a big part. You're, they're building the bikes full out, you know? they're Right. Yeah. Right. So Yeah, you've got Dunge, four-time Supercross champ with a – by the way, those would be the only factory two-strokes on earth, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I don't think – I can't think of any other – I mean, I guess in some off-road – but there's no way those are his trick, no. like some KTM enduro bike or something. Only factory two-strokes in existence. Yep. Uh, yep. That's going to make a tough on Stank Dog. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, exactly. Just the whole event's getting a little more serious, and that's okay. Whatever, that happens. Um, it's still safer than the other ones. You're not going to have nope. – I told the story of Jurgen Kunzel coming in and winning the Supermoto title. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're getting Jurgen <clears throat> Kunzel in this series. No, no, yeah. yeah he's, he's not heading over, right. He's not heading over from no. Eastern Europe. I mean, remember he was like, it was Doug Henry and McGrath and Bostrom, and that was cool. Then Ping, then Jurgen Kunzel starts winning and Supermoto dies. Um, we're not going to have that. I don't right. think he wants, do you really want more than one of these? I don't think so. I, I think there should be, but yeah. Really? There's a lot of work. I don't know. Oh, what'd you one say? In, but it, I, I'm, I'm all for the venue change. That's going to cost a lot of money. Plus, by the way, if you take it out of Southern California, I don't know if that prevents these dudes from coming. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Location is, is there. All yeah, right. that makes well, it a lot easier. we got to run. you got to go. Um, Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, presented by Maxis and the folks at Alpine Stars. This has been the uh, Red Bull Rhythm Straight Red Bull Straight Rhythm Wrap-Up. Oh. Uh, should, we, should we call JT, or what do, you, what do you think? No, apparently not. Like adamant how much he does not care about this event didn't even care who won nope didn't want to hear about it didn't What's care who won I-, I have no idea i, I have no idea I-, I don't understand you could not have possibly talked to somebody who cared less about an event no he went out of his way to say i don't even care who won <laughs> pretty much i don't understand i don't either I-, I don't know either but but yeah so plus i feel like i mean this would have been jt's specialty event i feel like in his day right well, he would have done some funky rhythm that would have screwed everything up, probably. Um, right, he would have beat JT. Well, but the thing, I, I don't understand how you couldn't be interested in Villapoto and Dungey lining up. I don't understand how you could at least get behind that hook. Right? It was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, the way it worked out, I was looking at, like, RV's road. He had to beat Porcel. He had to beat JG. He had to beat Dunge. The only guy missing was J-Law. <laughs> That's good point. It was every one of point. RV's, like, well, bitter, brutal rivals. Or, or the 800. Oh, who, who was, happened? 800 was on the list. Was, Where'd he go? Yeah, I don't know. He was supposed to be there. Can we talk about Porcel? And, like, you know, that was ugly. It was not good. Like, no. I guess, obviously, the bikes weren't correct, but at no. no point did he ever look fast. No, no. I don't know if he's like, been I thought he'd much be. Of, I mean, yeah. dude, you think this is his kind of deal, right? Yeah, he was just never looking good at all. And then I think the bike seized in his run, and that was it. Never saw him again. Never came back. No. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That was not. You're going to get a few of those. I'm impressed that most of these dudes who have come back show they, it's it's fine. Yeah. But I guess you're going to have a few like not ready or whatever, yeah. Yeah. like not ready. I mean, we were lucky that RV. I mean, he's putting his own program together with Mitch. Like this is not a factory Yamaha effort. Yep. Yep. Uh, he actually every time he shows up, it tends to work. He had the. You remember how Bradshaw had uh, and Emig had their front their front their names yeah. written in cursive on the front fender. Yeah, he didn't do it, huh? He had it, but he but Mitch wanted his sticker there, and he said, "Well, I got a bay there, so I I can't I can't piss him off." Yeah, he told me on Friday Villapoto did that he had it. Did you see it? Did he show you the sticker? Yeah, yeah, he showed it to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Dubak too. Dubak had one. Oh yeah, can't forget about Doug. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Dubak. Yeah, that would have been cool, but I get it, man. I mean, 
I was saying to GL, I'm like, how does it work when these dudes are like, yeah, Mitch said he'd help me out. I'm like, is Mitch getting paid for any of this? Like, Dino says that he's just going to have Mitch build whatever bike he chooses to race, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, is, this, is this stuff yeah, free? The, yeah, the, the 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 pipes are free and the, the 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 labor is free, but anything that Mitch has to pay for, like materials for triple clamps, materials for clutch perches, or anything like that, is 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 you get charged. But what about like okay, Dean? He's building a freaking. He's gonna have to build a freaking four fifty race motor. Yeah, correct? no, that'll all be free labor, but he'll have to pay for cams. Huh. He'll have to pay for cams and and uh, valves. Oh yeah, but that's pennies on the dollar compared to the overall. Yeah, yeah. Work. Well, how about like yeah? You're getting like an eight thousand dollar engine for like the price of cams and valve springs. Right, right. Yeah, you get the labor for free. Yeah, for a guy like. No, that's pretty good. Um, How about? Man, Mitch is helping out a lot. How about my bike? I I went to him. I went to him at a national. I said, "Hey, man, you you've given me pipes and silencers for these project bikes that I build, and I really appreciate it. I'm gonna go with FMF for this uh, straight rhythm bike because." It's a uh, it's a all Pulp Max show sponsors, so Michelin and Roost and FMF uh, okay. and everybody. I said so. I just just FYI, there's a, I'm using FMF pipe and silencer. I just if you see it or, or whatever, you know. And he goes, yep. Yeah, no problem. He goes, I'll still do your cylinder and head. I'm like, What? He's like, Yeah, no problem. Bring it, drop it off. So the the, the wow. he worked on the cylinder and head for free for free for free, and and, and then I used FMF pipe and silencer. Man, it is so weird. There's like two different Mitches. Like, that is Mitch. I did this. <clears throat> I remember I cut this thing about Mitch, the Dave Despain show, which is a show on uh, Mav TV for a while. They were having a Mitch yep. episode, so they told me to, like, cut an audio thing for it. And the best way I can describe Mitch, I'm like, Mitch is your dad. Like, everybody has these stories of their dad being, like, the meanest, gnarliest, nastiest, hardest working dude on earth, but then also being the coolest guy ever. Yeah. I'm like, that is Mitch. Yeah. Like, there are stories of Mitch being so cheap, so money-grubbing, and then all these other stories, like, ah, I'll just do thousands of dollars of work for free. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would think think so. He's kind of like the Buddha, too, of the industry. So if you have a if you have a question, if you're a rider and you have a business decision to make or or you want to know right. about, he, you go sit down with him, and he'll tell you all what he thinks, you know? Like he'll, right. But yeah. then he's also the most competitive mofo ever. Yes, yeah. But he'll also help people. Yes. It's really, yes. it's like all of it together. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, right? Yep. So, um... All yeah. right, everybody. Well, the Red Bull straight rhythm. Good job uh, to Red Bull guys and and Hammer for a lot for doing it. Um, and th- thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate it. Thanks, Weech. All right, man. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna.
I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely, 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey,